Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hours close at hand. Creatures call in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whomsoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. <laughs> You know, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. You know, the thing is, we're here now, so just be here now. That's all I gotta say. Welcome to Unhinged episode 49, recorded October 29th, 2017. What was that, the Hispanic Bella Lugosi? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I was going for more of the, you know, Dracula, Romanian, Transylvanian sort of sound, but yeah, doesn't yeah, work. The Latin America came right through. I know. It's but it was cool, though. It was a strong. good sort of hybrid. You know. <laughs> so oh, yes, today this is our Halloween episode. Uh, it actually is being released on Halloween, and that's why I wanted to mention. Of course, our shows are released every week on Tuesdays. So when you wake up, that's the first thing you do. You don't shower. You don't shave. <laughs> you don't. You know. We're on, yeah, we're on about we're on Tuesday mornings. But yes, Tuesday will be uh, Halloween, and it is the same here in Canada, in case you're yes. wondering. We celebrate Halloween. Uh, all the typical, um, you know, uh, things you do, the pumpkins, the, the Ghosts masks. and goblins. Uh, yeah, although the costumes, I must say, are far better than the ones we had when we were kids. Oh, God, don't, I mean... It's crazy. It's, it's kind of scary, actually. <laughs> yeah, in a different way. So I think what we're going to talk about is is fear. And that's something that comes up in during Halloween because of the theme. You know, there's the skeletons, there's the scary uh, haunted houses and the ghosts and the goblins and all that. Um, but I don't know. To me, that all just seems very cartoonish, childlike sort of monster representations, not really scary uh but but what are some of our fears and uh what really gets us like super scared yeah i mean and people watch you know horror movies of course horror movies have been going on for the last week or so sort of in marathon yeah uh marathons but unfortunately my cable system and i will mention them rogers communications inc sucks so they've been showing stuff that like it must be what they pay for each movie because they're literally showing like the Leprechaun series, <laughs> Chucky, which I can handle that. Yeah, because probably only because it's the voice of Brad Dourif. I don't know if you knew that. No, Chucky's I don't know who that is. Brad Dourif is from One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. He played uh, the the kid, the innocent kid with the stutter. Oh, but he's been in B movies since then. A real sort of. Um, fringe actor uh yeah you know yeah. that you know a, a real base of fans but 
Um, but you know, just just ridiculous movies. And then last night they played, you know, a Freddy versus Jason, and mm. but you know, movies we like and characters that scare us, uh, or at least spook us out as they should, mm-hmm. versus ones that just get downright corny. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of different uh, things we can we can. So I, I'm I, I'm personally a big fan of all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Jason Voorhees, he's one of my guilty pleasures when it comes to horror movies, and I love horror movies. Uh, I like I like going to see scary movies, um, and I think I don't think I don't really get that scared from watching those. It's just more like a thriller, like it's 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 exciting. Uh, but what I don't like are when the, and we were talking about this earlier, when they make a character in a scary movie and give them way too much personality to be the bad guy. And for example, I'm not a big fan of Freddy Krueger. I he's just too cartoony to me. Never scared me except maybe the first half of the first movie because I didn't know who he was. Um, but he they gave him way too much of a a likable personality i think so it kind of ruined that that franchise for me yeah i think Wes craven had a good idea at the beginning because he you know the character is based on you know a, a, a serial killer uh who was driven by um you know sexual urges mm-hmm. uh you know the town got together and um you know shut him into the boiler room and set him on fire you know that's a great right. premise for a pretty it's a creepy yeah. dude yeah. but then then the corniness came and i don't know if that's yeah. pressure from the studios to appeal to a wider audience or Possibly. what you know if for me i'd stick to my guns and want scary yeah you know well but they probably saw they could make more money if they made them a little more personable and maybe slightly younger audience would see them uh, I don't know. I, I liked Jason Voorhees because he never got goofy like that. He never said anything. He was just, he was all, all about business, all business. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and not so much scary, just more kind of like the, the jump scares, you know, where they comes around a corner. And it's like, Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. And, and, that, and that's a different type of, of fear. You know, it's like a sudden quick action. Um, and it's something but, that you want because if you remember, if you look back, like you know, there are sometimes that you kind of knew. All right, you know, like when the 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 girl maybe. Well, of course, once she, you know, she's running, he's walking. We've talked about this, yeah. and of course, he still catches up. Right, but she always trips at least once, yeah. and they're always making a lot of noise too. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd think maybe you'd want to be quiet, but exactly. you know, so you're yelling yeah. at the screen, you know, yep. and then there'd be that point where, where she starts backing up, looking around and backing up and then she hits something solid. You don't know what it is. And she turns her head and it's just a tree and you get that <sighs> brief, ah, but then all of a sudden, no, she's right there, you she's know, right and there. Yeah. That, and you know, it's coming, but it just works, you know? And, and that like other movies that were like that, for me, were um, Leatherface and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Although I have to tell you, the very original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 1973 one or whenever it was, yeah, Toby, Toby Hooper. Yeah, that one. That one was scared. That one actually scared me. That, it that did because, freaking. especially you know, the the 
just the film grain used and 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 right the look of it and it was they and they didn't have that they didn't hold back anything it was just yeah. it was meant to be frightening and really i think that the heart of it was that it was deep down based on ed gein you know a, a true blue serial killer from wisconsin we talked about in our right psychopath show um you know this was based on a, a real live well no but i thought it was actually based on um a real real life story of someone who did survive something like that but they never found uh all her partners and all all the other people there was that, that too yeah i'm just yeah. saying about the most the most common were where this was the first serial killer would actually would cut off their faces and wear them. oh yeah. yeah 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 you know so yes no you're right that there is and actually that's a netflix a documentary i think now right yeah uh, about that so um another one that did that when i was younger was the exorcist yeah yeah i uh, did that for a lot of people yeah i saw that when i was um probably like eight or nine years old and it freaked me out i mean i had bad dreams and everything um i rewatched it as an adult and it did not hold up for me at all no Didn't, yeah it's it's well i made the less form as we get older too yeah. And, you know, quite fragile at that age. So, you know, um, you know, best not to show uh, any, you know, real, you know, like an exorcist or a, mm. uh, a Jason movie to somebody who's four because, you know, yeah. he's going to have nightmare issues. Surprisingly, and this is a, a very true story. The first movie I ever remember seeing in a movie theater, I was probably four or five years old. Uh, and my parents went to see The Omen. Hmm. Uh, and I was with kid. them. Scary yeah, and kid. You're looking a little kid. I, I had bad dreams. It was, you know, lots of nightmares. It, it was a pretty scary movie. And and that one kind of does hold up, the original Omen. I think uh, I had the same same type of thing. And it was at the similar time mm -hmm. that what also affected me was Rosemary's Baby. Mm. Yeah. Uh, don't remember it too well, but that was another one that was just uh, well, pretty scary. Yeah, in interestingly, um, one of the reasons I think that The Exorcist uh, uh, and The Omen affected me so much as a child, really, um, was because of the theme that of, of hell and the devil. And mm -hmm. I was, mm -hmm. you know, at that age, I, I still believed in you know, God and stuff. And, and I'll, I'm very open right now. I'm, I, I am an atheist. I do not, uh, believe in heaven or hell or anything like that. So now it's not as scary to me as it was back when I was a kid. And I did believe those things because I thought, well, then that means that could actually happen. So, well, sure. That's your belief system. That's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Although there's still a mystique to it. Yeah. You know, in in a strange way and there's the the immortality of jason that is just mm. no matter what you do this guy will just get right back up right and that pretty freaky in itself same as michael yep. myers i know you weren't as big of a fan um but you know he's my he's a close second just because of the creepiness of the story yeah um and they had you know what they call scream queens they had yeah. a lot of classic scream queens in that yep, in that yep. franchise uh, jamie lee curtis being one of them who right. started it as laurie uh and then um uh and then actually came back later on 
to yep. uh, to be the mother of the son. I think that was yeah, how many H two O, right? Um, but but um, yeah, the, the and the other thing I was going to say is too uh, is the music selections. Oh, in the two that you mentioned when you were yep. a kid, or the ones that we mentioned, but the the Jason, the Michael Myers, which was very very simple. It was just you know John Carpenter playing his keyboard. I don't know if he yeah. was a musician by any means, and it's very very simple, but yet. Mm just downright creepy yeah no definitely and then the the jason <laughs> yeah yeah you start hearing yeah. that you start going nuts you start flipping out absolutely yeah and um, they had the you know the the kids jumping rope one two freddy's coming for you yeah that yeah. that at the beginning was you know it's pretty creepy when they show these sort of foggy you know yeah past looking uh kids jumping you know and sort of in slow-mo singing that that right. song that chant you yep. know um, you know pretty freaky but again as as it went on i guess the studios were either were giving west craven more more uh um feedback as to hey we need to lighten this up to affect right. a, a bigger audience attract a bigger audience yeah but uh i would rather it stay more cult you know the cult ones a lot of times were scarier oh yeah no and i think the freddy franchise would have been much scarier had it not had so many sequels <laughs> if it was if it stayed as the first one it would have i you know i would have been all over it did you see did you see hellraiser yeah uh, that was a period of time where i was really lost so i i mm -hmm. didn't at that time get into it but right. then did and and um yeah, I remember that he had pins all in his head. Yeah, yeah, they called him Pinhead, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> um, and there was uh, Chatterbox, and oh, I forget all the other Xenobites. They they were called Xenobites. All the different uh, creepy Xenobites? demonic characters. Yeah, I, I, or something like that. But that that movie kind of scared the crap out of me too, um, because it took itself so seriously. And it and it touched on things like torture and pain, and and that you know combined with you know creatures from hell basically, and you got a recipe for a pretty pretty dark film. Um, yeah, and yeah. I think that's what makes it scarier is when they take themselves that seriously that it it just feels that much more real. Yeah, and but made me think when you said that it made me think that it could also go the other way around where you're you're going too much into the, you know, um, it, uh, I, I guess it sounds funny to say, but it's too unbelievable. Like the yeah. Saw franchise, for instance, yeah. started the fringe actor, Tobin Bell, who I'm a big fan of, mm -hmm. you know, but, but it was just, it was just too much, you know, it's, you know, well, that one bore, that one really bordered more on the gore side and the torture and gore and that sort of thing. Um, and but it left too. It left. It left not enough to the imagination. Exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah, and that, that was kind of my point. Was it's one of those movies that it's a gore fest. You look at it, and yeah, I'll I can certainly have nightmares watching something like that. But it's a different kind of fear. Almost. It's 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 more of a, a fear of of the pain and the torture rather than um, you know a scary fear from a a, a jolt or something like that. Right. Um, so, so besides movies, though, um, there's a lot of other types of fears. I mean, horror movies for sure, 
you know, you, you, there's they tr- they can trigger something. Um, but I I I have like for example the fear of heights. I do not like being high up. Uh, like I would never go skydiving ever. Would never even consider it. Um, and I agree. Yeah, it's it's like a, a like that fear of I don't like roller coasters. I can't do them. No, it's a it's a fear of falling, and and people get this. They they just they just love it when it gets right to the top, and just before they get this major adrenaline rush, and they can't wait for it to happen. And me, I mean, I just, no. uh, yeah, I just hide, and and but the but you can't hide from it because your stomach just you know goes oh, yeah. up right up to your throat, and it's a physical. Ugh, I can't I can't deal. I can't handle that. <laughs> you know what? I never rode a roller coaster. Well, of course. You know, I was born with an overactive amygdala, so I didn't attempt very much of anything mm-hmm. growing up, but um, and even into my adulthood. But it took me till I moved here to Toronto uh, ten years ago or so, where I was uh, originally staying with my cousin, who had mm-hmm. a couple of kids, and she wanted to take uh, them to this amusement park here in Toronto, which has quite a quite a couple of you know, scary, you know, the loop, the loops and the whole yeah, deal. Yeah. And, oh. and, and like a dummy, instead of, you know, knowing that I was going to literally, you know, poop my pants, <laughs> I was trying to be the cool adult and, you know, act all cool. And, but I'm sure that uh, didn't come through so well. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, I just say, no, I don't go on roller coasters. You know, I've gone to amusement parks with groups of people and everyone's riding i'm like waving at them yep oh yeah no i'm having like a fennel cake on the teacups yeah (laughs) there you go slow it down slow it down but people love it i mean uh my wife loves she's gone skydiving a few times and (laughs) you know there's yeah i mean people like that that's why scary movies are popular you know it's it really people like to get scared now, did you go with her at any time when she sky skydoven did? <laughs> yes, I, I I did, and I was down on the ground, thinking to myself, "Yeah, I guess this is the day I become a single, a single life, again." Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I like, well, what really did you feel? Did you feel scared? I felt extremely anxious. Yes, very anxious, scared. Yeah, well. anxious. Uh, thinking why does anyone do this why do people jump out of airplanes no that's not it's not smart it's not fun it's not safe i I don't know that's that's my but but more so though forget about like you know this guy you just met a few minutes ago jumping but this is your wife jumping oh no yeah difference there That, that was worse because it's not me it's it's my partner it's you know, I, and like I said, I was on the ground thinking I'm going to become a, a single again, a bachelor, because, you know, obviously jumping from an airplane means you're going to die. You know, <laughs> that's what's going through yeah. my head. So, you know, it was terrible. I, I was, I had already quit smoking years prior to that, but I was so nervous that I bummed a smoke from someone because I needed something <laughs> to get my mind off of it. Oh yeah, um, it'd, be, it'd be like a comedy for me. I just have the guy next to me just knock me out, just knock me out. Yeah, cold. exactly. I, yeah, I couldn't watch that. No way. No, and then no, it's she went bungee jumping, but I think part of that is just me not trusting humans. Anything human right. made, and you're going to put my life. No, forget it. 
Yeah. Well, and that, like, ro- exactly. Roller coasters. You know, I, I look at them and, and see potential points of failure <laughs> in their construction yeah. and stuff like that. No. Not yeah, because it's, 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 uh, you know, that one guy who didn't give a crap about his job, he's underpaid, whatever. <laughs> I start hyper analyzing all this. Exactly. Like there's a, there's a, a show, uh, you know, I forget what it's called. Uh, uh, I think it's called Mayday, and it's just mm-hmm. showing all about crashes that have happened, and right. it and it reenacts. I don't know if you've seen it, and it no. reenacts, uh, you know, what happened, and then they then they, you know, uh, show how the NTSB had to figure out, you know, when you know between the black boxes and and right. where it fell and how it fell, and um, you know, it's uh, it's, it's well, that's fascinating. No, I mean it's it's frightening, but it's fascinating the science behind all that um yeah but at the same time I, but it's I think, man-made you know a lot of times they'll find that it was just this one screw yep that that kept for some reason getting you know passing all of the um you know the the safety checks right uh and for some reason nobody looked and it was totally worn right and there's that one stupid screw that they didn't care or they put a piece of duct tape over literally you know uh 300 people dead yeah so that that's that kind of stuff runs through my mind with going on rides and stuff like that i'm not that kind of thrill seeker (laughs) movies i can no problem i mean yeah i i can get scared i actually jumped when i saw um oh what was that movie where the girl comes out of the television at the end that one no 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 that uh, poltergeist no that didn't scare me that was nothing for me (laughs) no that was nothing um no, the ring, the ring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When she comes out of the TV at the end, uh, <laughs> spoilers. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, really. I, I jumped. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> that really. That, but I mean, the movie itself was kind of freaky. But as an, I saw it as an adult, so it, it it wasn't like giving me nightmares or anything. But it was done very well, and uh, and it did have those moments that made me jump, and I do enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, and to me, it seems like the ones that are, that I I like the most are the ones that that are definitely have a sinister background, a sinister uh, mm. element to them, yeah. um, but yet um, either something relatable or even something comedic, but in a very sarcastic, dark tone, mm-hmm. um, a la Wishmaster. Let's get this over with, shall we? make your wishes uh you know those kind of things and that's one that maybe not a lot of people know and if you are a horror fan if you haven't seen that you really should see that yeah um really a, a great movie and and the, the lead was is one of my favorites and i won't give anything else away yeah um but uh, uh the the ones that, that that really are weak to me are the ones that just got downright silly and and not believable and mm-hmm. one that was very unique and they just showed the other night um was um Candyman. Oh, I remember Candyman. I, I couldn't buy into that because there was no makeup. There was just this handsome black guy. Right. And, and he had he had a hook or something, right? Yeah, yeah but that's something. not, you know, that's yeah, yeah there's no I don't even know how much of a backstory there was, but yeah, I don't know. But it, it just doesn't fly with me, and neither does a leprechaun. And uh, <laughs> although I guess Chucky was creepy in a way, again we talked about that, but 
But yeah, uh, but Chucky Chucky also became I don't know, it had that cartoonish quality to it that that totally took me out of the horror mood and it was more of a slasher thrill seeking type of movie, not not really scary at all. Yeah, ironically though, it was just um strangely or or stupidly entertaining oh yeah you know but oh no i i enjoyed the chucky movies yeah definitely in a fun sort of way you know like you kind of want to root for the bad guy type of way but right uh, right not really scary yeah to me as as a child the most the the, definitely the scariest movie for me or at least had the most uh, impact long term was the shining And yeah. I know you don't particularly agree with that, you know, as far as the, the movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, strangely enough, like I find, you know, I always thought I was a big Stephen King fan. But when I look at a lot of the movies he's done, you know, uh, yeah. and, and The Shining was Stanley Kubrick's vision, really, of Stephen King's screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Stephen King actually never really liked it much. He said he didn't find it scary enough. Really? Yet, if you look at a lot of King's movies, you know, Pet Cemetery and Cujo, and and um, you can name a few more. But it, uh, yeah, Christine, that Carrie. Were, yeah, I mean, you know, Carrie was it was kind of pretty freaky, but, yeah. but a lot of them were. I don't know. I didn't scare me at all. I was bored by them. I don't watch them. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I've never been a huge Stephen King fan. I've read a couple of his books, and short stories, and the 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 short story that I love from Stephen King is Shawshank Redemption. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is, ironically, not a horror yeah, movie, but no, a departure from his normal type of writing. And that's the one I like the best. So as a horror, yeah. I, I, nothing he wrote ever really scared me. Uh, and none of the movies certainly, cause they were kind of more eighties, uh, sort of schlock fests. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. He, but he, he does show his versatility. And I think that comes from, I mean, you've talked from a mental health perspective. Uh, I don't know, you know, if people realize, but uh, Stephen King, a uh, major, major uh, self-medicator, mm-hmm. um, obviously hiding from a lot of issues, um, and uh, a lot of times, it just makes you damn creative. Yeah. And for me, Shawshank is, you know, if we had to list our top movies, I mean, or at least affecting, at least from start to finish, that at the end you can conquer the world kind of movies like Rudy yeah. and, you know, uh, just a brilliant movie and casting and, and yeah. love that movie. Well, so that's, that's interesting because uh, when you feel really good at the end of a movie like that, like Rudy, um, mm-hmm. it, it releases so much positive stuff in you, um, puts you in a good mood, you know? And yeah. that's kind of why, some horror movies uh, have that effect on people. Like um, they're talking about, uh, and you were you were mentioned this earlier uh, before the show. We were talking about the arousal transfer theory. Um, yeah, which basically sh- it, it says that negative feelings created by uh, horror movies uh, intensify the positive feelings that we experience at the end when the hero triumphs. Right. So that's that. Right. So people like that kind of feeling. Like at the end, you know, the bad guy is going to get his comeuppance. <laughs> You're right. It's an emotional roller coaster. 
there's actually another uh, theory that hints uh, at the fact that horror or violent movies uh, actually help us manage our own fear. Mm, yeah. Uh, so in practice, these films would have like a, a cathartic effect, helping us to uh, develop our most ancient and hidden fears. Yeah, um, interesting. So, or maybe it could just be morbid curiosity fostered by our innate need to help keep us safe from dangers that can threaten us. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think all these different theories are valid as to why uh, people enjoy watching things like horror movies. Um, and I think it all depends on the movie, too. Like, I think sometimes I do want the, the bad guy to get his comeuppance, and sometimes... I do think that a movie might, um, you know, just tickle that curiosity that you have of, you know, what what can really kill us, what could really hurt us, and and it's just interesting. Uh, oh yeah, Wishmaster did that for me. It was like, uh, like you know, he's doing terrible things, but don't kill him. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to see what what he does next. Nine is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's from the safety of your own living room watching this. It, it's not as scary. Um, yeah. But that's why things like roller coasters are scarier to me because they are real life. And I just can't, can't handle that, that amount of fear. Uh, another thing, like I don't drive fast. I'm a very, very slow. Well, I shouldn't say a very slow driver. I drive, you know, uh, the speed limit, Five maybe a little over. under, no, a little under, but in the right lane, I stick to the right. right lane when I drive. I don't like going fast. Well, I don't, don't like, like to speed. drive, period. I'm not a big driver. No, I, it's a necessity, um, but I'm not, it's not like I get excited because I have to go drive. No, but when you're with your wife, I would say nine times out of 10, she drives probably, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, almost always. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's not something I enjoy doing. It's more of a, I have to do it, but I don't Well, it's hard it. to eat chili while you're driving, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't fear it, but I do fear going fast and I don't like the sensation of speed. Um, so even as a passenger, when someone's driving me and they're going very fast, I get very, very uncomfortable. I start hanging on to the, you know, the yo shit handle. I start putting my, my feet get all tense. My legs get all tense and I start, you know, like, oh, we're going to crash. We're going to crash. Um, now, do you have any motion sickness? No. Okay, so it's just it's just a matter of anxiety. It's anxiety you, that we're going to crash, yeah. Do you have any thoughts as to why that might be? I've never been in any sort of serious car accident or anything like that, so no, I hang think on, I'm it's... Knocking, hang on. I'm just knocking on wood there. Oh, thank you. Thank it's you. It's tradition. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't know why it's just always been a fear going fast, uh, going up high, you know, heights. Mm -hmm. So things like skiing combine the two, <laughs> you're up high on a mountain going, you know, skiing down hill very fast. No, yeah. I can't do that. It's way too scary for me. Can't handle that. One thing that, that, well, cause it kind of gives me the creeps, but then I think, the other thing that scares the living crap out of me are creepy crawlies. Oh. And and anything that's crawling up my arm yeah. that I know is not my hair blowing in the wind. <laughs> it's just 
Oh my god! Oh, you know, like I mean, that's you know, but that's almost an instinctual human fear. Like we are born with that fear. Uh, a lot of those types of fears, like the um, being uh, scared of snakes and spiders and things like that, and that's more of a almost a shared human fear because it helps keep us as a species safe to have that. Well, right, but what about the like, for instance, when I was working with my brother and we ran a pet store, we we'd get tarantulas and snakes and oh, yeah. uh, that were non-venomous right. or de-venomed. Right. Uh, but still, you couldn't, I mean, I know, you know, like a tarantula, Yeah. you know, I'd love to be able to, you know, go up to the person. Oh, look, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. no, I wouldn't even go in the same section of the store. As a, <laughs> you know what I mean? See, it just that, creeped the hell out of me. As soon as I know that it's safe, then I'm okay with it. Like I would have a tarantula crawling on me or I would hold a, um, a scorpion, for example, which I've held before or snakes. I actually like snakes. I could totally have a pet snake. I would, I would, you know, hang it around my neck and stuff like that. I used to want one as a kid. My parents wouldn't let me get one. Um, but they don't scare me if I know that they're not poisonous. You know? <laughs> no, uh, my amygdala was so overactive that and I think it was also part environmental, just 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 not being taught confidence. Um, but the two again were were that perfect combination of where you know uh, I I just can't go near it. I just yeah you know just I think the worst right off the bat. Right. And you know, the snake's gonna bite me. And but so if he's non venomous and he bites you, so you might have a cut and a band aid. Like if you think that now. Right. Right. But then the thought of him biting me is atrocious. It's just yeah. it's an atrocity. <laughs> it's gonna, you know. So it's yeah. It's, well, and some uh, of those some of those things are are like I was saying are very ingrained, like inborn. Like I know that uh, if I held a roach in my hand, it's uh -huh. not gonna hurt me. But I can't do it. They they creep the crap out of me. Roaches in particular. I no, and, and that's what, you know, Florida did that to me, you know, because yeah. Florida has, I mean, I, I imagine some of the South American countries, they're, uh, you know, uh, pretty uh, uh, um, threatening too. Yeah. Um, but in Florida, I mean, you know, they're a the size of like, you know, like a Yorkie, you know I mean? They're, <laughs> they're big ass and they fly. Yeah. That's and, the worst part when you see them flying. Oh. And, and then, you know, then you learn that they are one of those creatures that carry some of the most worst diseases. I mean, yeah. they're the dirtiest creatures. Right. And, you know, and that old saying, which holds true, um, and any sermon will tell you, if you see one roach, you have a thousand. Exactly. So yeah. right then it's like, okay, I'm moving, uh, you know. But, they, <laughs> but, take, but take all that away. And just leave the animal. For example, they have the um, they have roaches that they breed in a lab that are clean. They have no diseases. They're not going to bite you. They're not going to do anything nasty to Doesn't you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't you can't matter. hold it. I I kind of feel the same way. I'd I'd be better about it because I know they're safe. But I'd still there's still this instinct in me that's like, oh God, kill it. <laughs> No, I don't if I saw a roach had that body, but it had Mr. Bean's face, I'd still be freaked out. <laughs> well, I, I mean, really, be and, and yeah, it, but it's, I'd be more apt to do that than ever jump out of a plane. I would be more apt to hold a plane while being 
just covered with roaches. Well, no. Okay. So here's the hypothetical. Would you rather jump out of a plane or sit in a box full of roaches? Oh God, you're putting me in a spot here. I, I would, I would rather do the roaches. I can't jump out of a plane. This is why I always said with my wife that if we were ever to do that show fear factor, you ever watch fear factor? Well, it's, uh, uh, that was the one where Joe Rogan started that, yes, right? Yes. And that's the yeah. one where they do all sorts of challenges that yeah. include things like scuba diving, jumping out of airplanes, as well as, you know, being covered in roaches or scorpions or, you know, handling snakes and stuff like that. And I always said to my wife, if we were ever on that show as a couple, you would be doing all the stunts, jumping out of airplanes and, you know, You'd be there on the ground with the water. Here's some water, honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I would also be the one eating the the roaches or eating the spiders and uh, sticking my yeah. hand in, in entrails and stuff like that. The gross stuff. Like I can handle that much better than I can handle uh, heights and speed. Oh, if you put it on the grill, you know, oh, yeah. it, it, sure. <laughs> I'll try it. I mean, actually, people eat scorpion. You know, if you're out yeah. in the wild, you you just, you know, you 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 grab it and apparently you just rip the stinger off and then you put it on a spit and go over the fire and it's supposed to be very good. It's like a little lobster. I guess there's something about the the creepy crawliness of it and the uh, the size. I don't know, but like I I do remember uh, again going back to those the the uh, our days running the the, the pet store. Um, you know, my specialty was birds. So yeah. I was dealing with, you know, the big Amazon parrots and the cockatoos. Now those have beaks that can easily go through your finger and oh, cut yeah. your finger, just plumb off. Yeah. And I had no problem with that, you know, <laughs> which is strange, you know, it's strange. It, it's, Cause you, you would, yeah, you would think that there's probably a higher likelihood that a parrot could cut your finger off than, uh, this, particular scorpion stinging you to death or something like that but i don't know yeah I, maybe i just uh, uh, attributed to the attention uh, uh, i mean it's not attention the uh, intelligence level you oh, know yeah. uh, of a bird versus you know a small insane to love seat garbage <laughs> you know um, i i don't know really but it, it's it is weird yeah so besides all right so what other types of fears um, what, what causes you a lot of anxiety? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so life. <laughs> well, you're asking, you know, I mean, you know, I should be asking you that question. Well, because- no, no. The interesting thing though, is because you're a hyper amygdaloid, you would think that certain things are really heightened as far as your fear. Like you're, you know, you're going to be. Well, it's things we've anxious. talked about and that just become, that become, uh, that are innate fears, and then when they happen for yeah. real, they just become triggers. So right. uh, uh, we've talked about this. If, if you know somebody knocks on my door, mm. it could be maintenance. But yeah. I, I'm just—it's as if somebody out there, you know, shot a couple rounds of machine guns and open the door. I mean, it's just right. you know, this could be just like a little old lady trying to get directions or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And God forbid I had a doorbell. Then I forget, I'd probably just jump out the window. It's just, it's just these triggers just create yeah. this, this irrational, uh, fear. Yeah. And, um, well, like your, uh, 
yeah, your phone, um, when the hangout sound goes off or something and you're not in a good mood, that's a trigger for you. Well, because when you get in, into the, to the better mood, then it's, it's just the, the trigger remains. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then you got to now re, you know, sort of reverse engineer and, uh, and, and, yeah. you know, go through, all right, what's the, I don't think too much about it. I just changed the ringtone. You know? Right. Right. And so there's so many ringtones out there. I don't think I'll run out. Yeah. You know, um, but if you keep one and, for too long, then it starts signifying that. That yeah interaction that you're yeah. fearing yeah and oftentimes ringtones that i like are just you know scary scary movie ringtones you know <laughs> but they don't uh, they don't scare me there's really been again aside from the shining because i was very young yeah um and um it just you know there were so many parts of that is the music it was when the days of the week would come in and just wednesday you yeah. know, it just, just freaked the hell out of me. And the kid was so incredibly believable. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, last but not, certainly not least, uh, Jack Nicholson's uh, portrayal yeah. on the faces he made. And where you just believe that this guy, as time went on, was just totally yeah. more and more psychotic and, and, right. and changing. Yeah. That's just, that's freaky. And, and, I imagine maybe it affected me most too because um, I kind of saw my father in that. Of mm -hmm. course, not, not quite as scary as uh, here's right. Johnny, yeah, but yeah. you know, um, I was afraid. You know, I was intimidated by, you know, uh, a, a fly. So yeah, yeah. Uh, anything is is you know is pretty pretty scary. Right. Uh, yeah, that's you know. a pretty pretty heavy presence to not be scared of so yeah i totally get that um yeah now for me uh you know besides uh what i already mentioned the heights and the speed and stuff like that um i i hate i, I get really anxious when i travel um and it's not because i don't i like airplanes don't scare me i don't get scared flying on an airplane I just get really anxious from all the the security around it, having to take off your shoes and uh, worrying about, am I going to make the flight? Uh, you know, all everything around traveling uh, really just uh, causes me great anxiety. Um, and I, I wish we had teleportation technology because then I would avoid the whole traveling side of things. Uh, it would be much easier. What about uh, public speaking? I know that's a fear for a lot of people. Um, I, it's uh, yeah, it, it's for me. It's it's more the the all the ruminating beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. and like for me, you know, my fear is so intense that uh, I, you know, it's a self sabotage thing. It goes into a lot of different psychological um, um, types of. Uh, processes you know mm -hmm. uh for instance if if i if i see a, a staircase coming a down you know going down mm -hmm. and there's a lot of steps my mind is picturing all the ways that i'm gonna fall down mm. yeah. all the ways i'm gonna you know so 
you know, which could be bad because then you, you know, it could be sort of self-fulfilling and, right. and you end up sort of, you know, not walking as straight as you can, you know, and you trip yourself yeah. up and whatever. So it's, it's best to relax yourself before you start walking down. Exactly. Or wear really good shoes. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's just an example, but that happens to me with almost everything. Yeah. You know, and they're irrational thoughts. They're, 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 they're distorted thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it's not the typical thoughts, uh, you know, the typical fear thoughts that we have. Right. And, um, matter yeah, of fact, I thought, be... I thought I would just sort of mention since we have a lot of people interested in neuroscience, um, and we're talking about horror movies, um, there's actually a lot of new research, uh, believe it or not, um, on sort of identifying key brain circuits for the processing of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the hippocampus, your memory center, and the amygdala, your your fear and emotion center, um, they directly exchange signals in order to recognize emotional stimuli and, and then encode them into memories. And uh, so, you know, a lot of that is uh, ingrained in us and, and imprinted in us early. Yeah. Um, and actually, I got this... Um, uh, from an article, uh, the research at uh, researchers at the University of California, Irvine, uh, they've identified a key neural pathway in humans that actually explains how uh, the brain process uh, processes feelings of fear and anxiety, which is actually a finding that could help scientists unlock new ways to treat mental health disorders. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, it's very interesting. People are, are motivated to remember fearful events mm-hmm. because uh, the information is is useful for daily survival. Well, it's yeah, your, sur- your survival instinct. Right. Yeah, it behooves uh, us to to remember what uh, what hurt us in the past so that we we can avoid it in the future. Yeah, and I always say, you know, hyperamygdaloid, and I overanalyze things. Um, so what they're saying is overinterpretation of fear is what may lead to anxiety and, and other mental disorders. Yes. And so many mental disorders um, stem from anxiety. Yeah. Um, you know, depression and anxiety are, are like Avon and Costello, um, and one triggers the other, and, you know, um, and, you know, uh, hoarding disorders and all kinds yeah, of disorders yeah. really uh, are very anxiety-based and fear-based based in that amygdala. Yeah. And, and then the also ang- connected to the hippocampus because it might be something, some trauma you had earlier. Right. It's kind of like you're you're picking at a scab constantly with the anxiety. You're, you're just picking at it and picking at it and it's just heightening, you know, you're ruminating your your overthinking essentially uh, probably why you have trouble sleeping sometimes um when you're in a, a bad mood i mean you in general if you have uh if you overthink uh you're thinking too much you you try to go to bed and you just can't stop your brain and, and yeah yeah and then you tell just going back to the belief system we've talked about a lot with murray etc and and you know there's too much going on. I'm not going to fall asleep. I know it's going to take me yeah. forever to fall asleep. And, and then it inevitably will. Exactly. It's self-fulfilling prophecy, as they say. And we're opening people's eyes to the changes in science now where, you know, it's 
there's uh, there's actual science now. We can map the brain. We can mm-hmm. um, you know use digital imaging for the brain. And and until now, the brain circuit underlying fear has actually only been mapped in rodents. Yeah. So you know, um, actually, if, if people want to look it up, the study of the the amygdala hippocampal dynamics during salient information processes. It actually appears today in the journal uh, uh, Nature Communications. We'll mm-hmm. put a, a a link on there uh, uh, the, under the show. Yeah. Um, but researcher recorded neural activity using electrodes inserted into the amygdala and hippocampus of nine people as they watched scenes from horror movies to stimulate the recognition of fear. Wow. Um, yeah. And it goes on to say the deep brain electrodes capture neurons firing millisecond by millisecond. I mean, that's how much we can catch. Uh, and it reveals in real time, like the meg imaging we talked about, um, how the brain uh, tends to fearful stimuli. Um, it, it's really interesting. You can actually see in real time what what regions light up, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, nestled deep in the center of the brain, uh, it really plays a key role in, in recognizing those emotional stimuli and, and, and how they encode into memories and mm-hmm. and then sort of exchange back and forth. Interesting. So it, it, it's really, you know, we're, we're able to learn a lot now that we have these sort of brain yeah. mapping and imaging techniques. And eventually it would be nice to be able to, you know, just turn down the volume knob of a hyper amygdaloid. Well, and, and as you know, and that's that's what this this process is supposed to do. That yeah, the cingulate gyrus is where my electrodes are implanted, mm-hmm. and part of its job is to to ease the fear, ease the overactive right. amygdala. Yeah, and um, and my anxiety since I've been in a better quality. I'm not saying it, <laughs> right. but you know, yeah. uh, my anxiety has been lowered, right? And I seem to walk with a little bit, it's a little taller, yeah. Um, and with a little bit more um, uh, confidence, but then also mm-hmm. facing people. I don't have this always oh, going to think I'm an idiot, sort of, yeah. you know, yeah. as I'm talking, you know, right? It's not really coming through. I'm really able to, to, uh, to present myself in a way that, that I don't at least think that I'm coming off like a turd. Yeah. You know, now, and we all so. have that even, even healthy brains have a certain level of anxiety, uh, social anxiety, um, public speaking. Like I, I get very nervous if I have to speak at a large meeting at work or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get shaky and my hands get sweaty and I, I feel like I'm going to, you know, screw up in front of a bunch of people and they're going to laugh at me, you know, whatever. Um, and that's, that's fairly normal. Um, it's just, you know, with, with other people with, uh, you know, that they feel it more, um, mm-hmm. and, and the smallest things can trigger that heavy sense of anxiety. Um, so yeah, the fear in the brain is very interesting topic. Um, and it's, oh, it is for sure. Yeah, and it's still something being studied. Yeah, and 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 lastly, as far as this study goes, the the um, to understand the activation of the exact brain work um, 
you know, the, the brain network in processing the, that fear stimuli is critical to to new treatment for psychiatric disorders uh, because now we're in the era of personalized medicine. Right. You know, just like the, the, the genetic studies we were talking about. Yeah. And uh, that's what makes it so hard uh, ultimately to study is because it's so different for every person. So unique. That's right. That's right. Um, which is not similar really to to the study that I'm in because the parameters stay the same and it's they're not yeah. really looking for okay this guy this way and this you know right it's not as is in it's not individualized. Right. So it, it's it's interesting to be in you know I'm in three studies, two of which are very individualized and another is just, you know, at least to get the technology approved right. and headed in the right direction, you know? Yeah, and it's still it's in in its infancy, really. Yeah, yeah. and as far as you know, again, this this uh, brain, uh, this amygdala hippocampus study. This is the first study in humans to to uh, delineate the mechanism by which our brains process fear at the circuitry level. So, mm-hmm. what that means is it has huge implications for treating uh, neuropsychiatric disorders like mine. Yeah. Um, because like, for example, you know, a lot of the drugs that are available to treat anxiety disorder, uh, they bind to large areas of the brain. Uh, and that leads to a lot of unwanted side effects. Right. So their hope is that one day we can target and manipulate this, the, the, that precise amygdala hippocampal circuit that's mm-hmm. involved in processing these negative emotions while preserving positive ones. And so the study brings the promise of, of targeted therapy, yeah. individualized therapy, one step closer. That's amazing. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's hope we get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, there's, there's, there's nothing like a great horror movie. And I think it's, it's, um, there's also something to be said. I don't know. Does your wife enjoy horror movies? Uh, to a degree, sometimes not as much as I do. Um, but yeah. I, I think every guy would just, I don't know, or at least guys that like horror movies just love the idea of the, of watching it together yeah. and making it, you know, dark, maybe with some candles, whatever. Black oh yeah, lights. no, totally. We uh, have but, a, you know, waiting for, you know, the girl to snuggle and, and then yeah. get scared and you can protect her. And there's that yeah. whole dynamic there exactly, too. Yeah. So yeah. One of the, you know, I'm not so. I guess, well, I used to go to movies a lot because I was a nerd. Uh, and, and you know, that's where the cool people weren't, so I wouldn't get my ass kicked. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, now, you know, with the advent of, of you know, uh, being able to rent from home and, and stream yeah. and all that, um, the cool thing is you can wait a little bit and, and get some feedback from others first before right. you waste your Twelve fifty or whatever the yeah. hell it is, and then you walk out going, "Oh, geez, you know, exactly." I could have had a nice dinner for that, right? You know, there are very so, few movies we actually go to the theater to see these days. Yeah, it's it's, but it's only it's a cool topic, and and yeah, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, we won't get into the whole parental part of Halloween and how they're protecting yeah. their kids, but I'm sure that they're they're they are doing that. Hopefully they're doing that. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it yeah, ends up still being a, a holiday that kids look forward to. And, you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's essentially what Halloween I think has turned into is it's a, it's a children's holiday where they can get candy 
dress up because it's fun to dress up in, in costumes and, uh, you know, meet your neighbors in a safe way. <laughs> the supermarket? <laughs> Not a safe way, but in oh, a okay. safe manner. In a safe way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's true. And, and and there are a lot of elements there. Like it's art and crafts because you, you're, right. you're you know, who you can have a contest who makes the best, uh, you know, uh, face on your pumpkin. And, right, right. and of course that whole thing about wearing costumes, you can be, you know, you can act silly or be something different when you're wearing a costume. Yeah. No, I, I enjoy Halloween, but you know, I like candy. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The candy thing is, is, is a big thing, but yeah. that's, uh, hopefully controlled as well. And, um, and never trust the uh, guy who gives you anything wrapped in tin foil. No. <laughs> so just as a closing yeah. uh, remark on that. Well, uh, that's about all the time we have. Happy Halloween, everybody. Well, thanks, Ed. Very uh, enlightening. I'm glad the, the, the mood thing is still going on. I'm having my, my follow-up appointment, as I have every two weeks, actually awesome. on Halloween. Excellent. So I'll be listening to the show, then going to see him, uh, see if he has any um, comments on what's been going on. But this has been a pretty decent amount of time that I've been in a good place. That's great. Um, great to hear. And uh, uh, our next show is uh, show Big Five O, the Big Five O. Yes. Yes. Fiftieth episode. We're going to have to try to do something special. Oh, we have some things we already talked about. So, yeah, be yeah. prepared for that. I think you'll have to have the whole family sitting around uh, <laughs> a scary campfire. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, everyone, for joining us. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Happy Halloween. <laughs> That's our show for today. We want to thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Please follow us on Twitter at UnhingedPC, and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash unhingedpodcast. Also be sure to check out our website if you haven't done so already. It's at unhingedpodcast.com. We'll see you all next week.